I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah And welcome back to another episode of the Change My Mind podcast. I won't change my mind because I don't have to because I'm an American. Yes, you are. And I'm Wesley Sykes. It's with the other side of the ether is the St. Matthew. To my St. Philip is Mr. Nicholas J. Esquire, apostle for hire. I, could you, I, when I saw what you had jotted down, I was like, they bring up the phrase, the, the term, like the, the noun, whatever, pronoun, or whatever friar in the movie i was like mm, would it be mm-hmm. too on the nose if you just i mean if i said friar for for hire you can't really do that like is there i was like wondering if there's any father nick friar friar for hire ah there father nick friar i can't say you, you're absolutely friar, right that was a huge misstep on my part i don't know why i i didn't even think of that that's should we should we take two would you do fryer for hire? Can you do pastor for hire? Or does that not really work? Because we're doing like Christianity. Mm, let's let's, let's take positive. it back from the top here. Okay. okay Three, two, and welcome back to another edition of the Change My Mind podcast. I won't change my mind because I don't have to. Because I'm an American. I won't yes. change my oh. mind. <laughs> yes, you are. And I'm Wesley Sykes. To the other side of the ether is the father fryer to my father jesus no it's mr father Nick- nicholas j esque friar friar for hire i mean it's got to be your bull uh, uh yeah yeah no, this, this is why we can stick to the script always. that's why that's why i shouldn't ask questions we'll, that's we'll edit that out yeah, yeah of course but that was a huge misstep on my part nonetheless there uh maybe, maybe a couple times over but uh this week we'll be discussing a movie that's kind of based on true events uh the pope's exorcist starring russell crowe but before that, Nick, uh, let's get biblical. When was the last time you confessed? Uh, you mean like in a in a church? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. What, well, I, I guess you know, in whatever conversations that you you have with the good Lord, I guess you don't need a human intermediary. Um. But but you know, technically speaking, you would. I I definitely I I I don't know if I had a, a, a confession of sorts, but definitely had conversations. Like probably in the past week or so, I used to feel like that happens just randomly. could be a couple times in a week, could be not, but like actual confession, long time, like a couple years at least. Oh yes. This, it's going back to high school for me for, uh, for a, a full on real confession, but you know, you know the, the good Lord and I, you know, JC, we have a, a conversations uh, you know, on the daily, every other day or, you know, whatever uh-huh. we can see fit. Um, but yeah, so, but it, that's interesting. Cause like a whole bunch of things, uh, that I just recently learned or, or was reintroduced to about the Catholic Church, and it's like, you know, you're you're not allowed to receive conf- or receive communion if you know you're not uh, if you haven't confessed your sins, like ever. Yeah, you, you're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to confess your sins before you're you're uh, you know receiving the body of Christ, as well as you know if you're not a practicing Catholic as well, right? You know, if you're Episcopalian or things like that, you know. Right. Um, but also, if you are, aren't married by the Catholic Church, you're not allowed to. That's a whole thing there too. Yeah, there's like a, there's a lot there. To, to, as you've highlighted pretty quickly already, there's a lot that goes into 
the whole like taking the Eucharist and everything like that. If you don't, oh yeah, yeah. If you're not up to snuff, and if you're divorced, so if you just get divorced, like I don't think you're ever allowed to get communion. I, I, I guess unless you go to confession, then, then maybe that that cancels uh, it out. Uh, there's a but I have a buddy whose whose father was um who I, be, I believe he was Catholic, and then he got divorced, and then he he had a previous marriage and had kids, and then he had the a second marriage, which was in in that he birthday or whatever i guess my friend and his older brother mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure like the church like I, he the way he well, it was years I, ago but he, like didn't recognize that they existed yeah 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 there because i guess you can absolve get your marriage annulled right and, and if there was a certain i think there's rules that like if uh if if you're uh there's infidelity involved then you can it can pretty much in, in the eyes of the church the mm-hmm. the marriage never happened because the vows weren't lived up to I, yeah, I, I guess so. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's like, and I'm sure everyone kind of uh, um, relaxes on the rules as years go on. You know, it's not everything is as strict as it was ten years ago, as it was thirty years ago, as it was seventy years ago, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. It's it's weird. Like it's just like we're like we're just gonna pretend these things didn't happen. Like it's right in front of me, but like it's not real. I, I don't know. It's it, there's so many bizarre rules. It's like it's like Major League Baseball, quite honestly, or the other way around, maybe. Yeah, a lot, lot of unwritten rules, right? But because, you know, that, that came up to uh, in conversation, not recently, but probably in the last year or so. We went to a wedding or, um, you know, first communion or something like that where they're offering uh, the Eucharist. And my uh, my wife went up and she's like, why aren't you going up? Well, I was like, well, I'm not Catholic. So, you know, not, you shouldn't go. And she's like, oh. Wait, you're not? No, I'm, I'm, I was christened and, and uh, went to CCD and everything through Episcopalian church, but I went to you know Catholic high school. Oh, wow. This whole time. I know. I know. Whole you know, just time. Stolen valor. I had no friggin' idea. Wow. This is unbelievable. But if you haven't what? got enough of this uh, riveting uh, religious talk, stay tuned because there's going to be more of it because we'll be talking the Pope's exorcist uh, and all that good stuff uh, for our main segment. But uh, let's let's head over, you know, maybe how they say switch gears. It's morphin' time. Uh, and let head over to trending now, uh, where we are talking about Guardians uh, Volume Three update. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Okay, so we did Guardians of the, of the Galaxy Volume Three, our exit survey last week as a crow flies, uh, and it's right now up to four hundred and seventy million uh uh worldwide box office with 213 coming domestically but nice. the big point here what well, a little note about that is as far as like maybe comparison um uh, uh ant-man 3 quantum mania i think maybe made 500 million for its entire entire length in the theater so I mean, mm. you gotta put that into you know comparison there um perspective maybe uh drop off percentage here. this is something we like to talk about on the program every now and again how much of a box office drop off is there from the first week to the second week how you know what's the staying power in the movie theater so this had a 47.6 percent drop off which marks the second best weekend hold for mcu uh in in five years so pretty much since 2018's black panther this is coming from cnbc uh most blockbusters have about a 50 to 70 percent drop off i think ant-man did have like a 70 percent drop off or in that 70 range if i remember correctly uh, but Black Panther, which uh, has has the highest uh, second week hold at, at 44.7%. Um, and then one other movie, Nick, 
has a higher second weekend hold than uh, Guardians Volume 3. So it's 2018's Black Panther and then one other MCU movie that predates 2018. So predates 2018. So just so everybody knows that takes out Infinity War, that takes out Endgame. And to me, to some extent, that makes sense that how that could happen. I would have still probably guessed one of those first, but it mm-hmm. makes sense how that could happen. Um, I'm surprised one of the, like Black, you know, that's not higher than Black Panther. One of those movies, you know, those movies made a billion dollars were in theaters forever. So I don't. That, that's kind of surprising to me. But okay, think about it like this: everybody wanted to see that opening weekend. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so like I'm sure there but were some return people... viewers. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you I mean I don't think like okay, we we do we our podcast started because of the MCU by and large. Yeah, like, yeah. We you didn't see it the second weekend, did you? I did not. I did no. not either. So, um, and I bet you most of the DSG is the same way. So, uh, I want you to allow me three guesses here, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, I will. Um, I will. Th- thank you very much. Okay. So, all right. Mm, I've been trying to think on this a little bit since uh, you uh, threw this question on my radar, and the first guess I'm going to throw at is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. Incorrect. Okay. You're cold. You're cold too. I'll give you a, give you a little little further hint there. All right, I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go on the opposite end of the spectrum then, and uh, I'm gonna go with Thor Ragnarok. No, but you're warm. Okay, so it's so then it's in. I'm assuming the warm is in the time frame. Don't tell me. I don't want that much of a hint. Um, all right, well, let's maybe see. you're getting colder now. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, wow. Then that's that really throws me off because i would never guess it's one of the thor movies and i'm not about to go and do that now so instead i am going to guess um i'm gonna say the avengers marvel's the avengers is that your final answer that is my final answer stinky ah it's thor it's 2011's thor no way it's like 47.2 or like 46.2 or something like that that's crazy isn't that amazing yeah, wow. So the fourth MCU movie has wow, that's crazy. But what what that may have to do with because of course and maybe now this is my understanding for uh uh Endgame and Infinity Wars that like you said, it had such a high, high uh first week opening that it was bound to drop off anywhere. But maybe Thor didn't have that high opening week and just kind of had, you know, a, a close to the same, you know, kind of a stagnant first two weeks there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is um yeah, I could see. Well, yeah, Thor, like, because the MCU was just in its infancy with the mm-hmm. Iron Man 2 coming out before that. And it's like, oh, you know, people like Chris Hemsworth was kind of a nobody, I think, at that point. But, and yep. Thor's not a character everybody like holds near and dear to their heart. So it was, yeah, I could see. I, I, I don't know if I saw that opening weekend or, um, I know it was in Chicago when I saw that, but I just can't remember if it was opening weekend or the one after, but fairly early still. Interesting stuff, nonetheless. Uh, so, Guardians Three yeah. doing doing well in the box office here. And then one last note: aside from the box office, they uh, actually broke the world record for most prosthetics used in a film, uh, beating How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And they had twenty two thousand and five hundred prosthetics used. That's remarkable. I would not, I would have never, never would have guessed that. I'm... <laughs> I mean, just just from the high evolutionary alone, right? With his cool face, makeup, and helmet, and stuff like that, like that—that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. And then, you know, all of the weird characters in in the Guardians and the Ravagers and everything like that. Gamora, like, I wonder if Gamora counts as prosthetics. You know, Nebula, Drax, like all the painting. 
I know, but I, I mean, I hear you. I mean, so you're making more sense of it, but it's just like, maybe it's, it's like singular pieces or maybe, maybe you know, maybe not just like, yeah. Who down in Whoville had that weird ass note? I know. I know. That's Antique interesting for some of them too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, Except that's... for Cheryl Hines. No, that's, that's a bad joke. Okay. It's a bad joke. All right, I'm going to leave that alone because I don't know who Cheryl Hines is. Cheryl Hines, she's uh, uh, well, she's the wife of Robert Kennedy Jr., but she was also, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Larry um, Larry David's uh, wife in, in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. She she looks like a, a Whoville member. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I think she's pretty attractive. But no, anyway, she is attractive, but she's got she's got a Whoville Whoville tendencies. Okay. Let's find out what else is going on in yeah. now. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? I found this on the internet, Nick. This is rumored castings for uh, James Gunn's Superman legacy. Speaking of James Gunn, it's all James Gunn trending now here. Uh, so we did this a couple weeks ago. So if you're following along on our YouTube stream, uh, you know, you'll be able to see these rumored fan castings and maybe uh, some not so great. Uh, um, Deep fake images, I guess, for lack of a better term, fan made uh, uh, graphics there. Uh, but you know, let, let's get into it. so Superman and Clark Kent. Uh, first up, we have David Sweat okay. as Superman here. What do you What do you think? I mean, in terms I'm, of, the... I'm what? putting this in the order that I think is most uh, that would look most like a super Superman Clark Kent. Yeah, you know, gotcha. this, this, this is my top choice here. Gotcha. I mean, in terms of like the look, yeah. I mean, the guy seems to to have it, um, but I am not at all familiar with. Well, see, I don't think he's a he's a relative unknown guy. I think I put a couple of uh, his his most recent titles there in the script, but I mean, he he looks the part. But Christopher Reeve, uh, you know, from my understanding, was a relative unknown. Henry Cavill. Uh, maybe a relative unknown at the time. I, I think that's fair to say. You know, I so I like this idea of. Of having uh, someone someone grow into the Superman role rather than being like, oh, that's Brad Pitt playing Superman. Generally, the the better way to go about things, and that's where DC kind of you know, ran into some trouble beforehand. I mean, that's why with Momoa it worked so well because no one gave a shit about Aquaman and anybody who says otherwise is is, is lying. Um, but uh, but yeah, like he, that worked in that situation. But with some other ones, it's like yeah, it's, it, it can be a little bit tougher. I mean, it worked for Gal Gadot, um, and it worked for for Cavill too. So yeah, I'm I'm I am fine with it. I'm just saying I don't I'm not familiar with his work either way because there is stuff out there apparently. Well, what do you know about Andrew Richardson? Nothing. Just about Nothing. the same. Do you now, know Andrew Richardson? No, I don't know. He, he's uh, most recently starred in a 2022 movie called The Independent, starring John Cena and Brian Cox. Nope. No, I don't know who that is. But I think this next name is one who you may know, at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This one doesn't do it for me. I don't I don't like the bearded look. You know, he doesn't look oh. as you would definitely have to put on weight. He's got the chest hair to be Superman. You know, certainly if you want want that again, that Henry Cavill look. But mm. next guy is uh, Jacob Elordi from uh, HBO's Euphoria. So this, mm. this is the great <laughs> the wow. great deep fake that I was talking about here. Jeez. Now, I don't think he's actually auditions. You've just been rumored for the role. Uh, however, I'm not sure if he has a strong enough jaw. For that Superman, means- these other two guys here hmm. certainly have more of that square jaw look. Hmm. And I don't know, maybe that's just me. Maybe that could work off if we're going for a, you know a younger Superman. 
I've watched enough of Euphoria because I think no, I no, I actually I have watched all of it because we went Lauren went back and we watched the first season already. But anyways, this is um like I, I just I'm gonna look at this guy and think like you're an asshole, right? Like, that, so that's kind of tough. He's gonna have to. He's got a, a big road to uh, climb, you know. Yep, he can over. I mean, he can absolutely overcome it. But that's just like that is definitely an obstacle uh, for for him to deal with at first, at least. All right, so rumored to be Lex Luthor. He's actually also rumored to be Superman as uh, Nicholas Holt, who's no, uh, you know, no newbie to the uh, uh, superhero film world. Yeah, and look, if you're talking about Lex Luthor, I can absolutely get behind that for this guy. I think he, I think he could pull it off. Um, he is a good actor, but not Superman. Like that's what I was seeing this whole time. So definitely, really- definitely not Superman. Uh, no. I, I don't think that is for that same reason of like not that strong Judd. He would have to go on a ton of HGH, you know, like a ton of it. Uh, I would think more so than these other guys. Uh, but as Lex Luthor, I think he could play that kind of uh, intellectual. Uh, match to to Superman's strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, that's interesting. No, he, he could pull that off. I, I think. I mean, I'm not like I'm not. I don't love it, but uh, it could work. Would he be better than Jesse Eisenberg? Probably. Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. More more than likely. I actually like Jesse Eisenberg. I just know you know the the uh, uh, general opinion, general consensus is that he wasn't very good, well, but. I, uh, when I think of Jesse Eisenberg, I just think that he kind of plays like is though is the criticism of him that he kind of plays the same character all the time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So th- th- I do get that vibe. Nicholas Holt is not that at all. No way. Yeah, and he was too weaselly to be you know a, a big villain. You, you know what I mean? Like mm. uh, too too like not weaselly, but like young and kiddish and like immature. But yeah, I don't know. he played. He was Luther the younger weird. son. Yeah, he played. Like, yeah, that's actually a good way to put Alexander it. Alexander Luther. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Wasn't that wasn't that a role? Wasn't that a, a character in Superman? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't recall. I mean, I know they have the they have the. There's Connor Kent, who's like the clone of Superman and uh, Lex Luthor, but. Uh, this is not endorsed by the comic book minute here. This is, this is not the ringing endorsement that we were looking for. Let's go over Superman. (laughs) Lois Lane, uh, who is uh, played great by Amy Adams in, in the uh, Snyder verse here, but we have, uh, Rachel, uh, Brosnahan who, uh, starred in the marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. Well, when I look at, when I look at these, the three girls that you have, like who are listed here for Lois Lane, like we're talking about the look of the character and the traditional look of the character that we're used to. Like this girl makes the most sense. Rachel Brosnan. Yeah. I think, I think she could pull it off. I think I could see it. You know, I, I look at the other two and I think of a different character in, in uh, the DC properties. Yeah. And she plays, you know, a very strong woman lead in the, I, I believe she plays the lead. I, I believe she's the titular uh, title and, and uh marvelous Miss Maisel there. So it definitely brings that kind of like strong backbone that's needed with uh, maybe, maybe the softer features that also come with uh, Lois Lane. Uh, Emma Mackey, uh, who you may know, recognize her from death on the Nile. If anybody watched that movie, or if you are interested in the upcoming Barbie film, that's coming out the uh, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling project. Now, I will say, like, obviously, like, she's brunette in the picture we're looking at here. But when I typed her name in on on, uh, my computer, I saw, like, a picture of her, like, with blonde and, like, pink in her hair. Well, wig work is amazing these days. 
Okay, but <laughs> but I like I look at her with the blondish hair. It's like you you look like Margot Robbie kind of as yeah. The, the, she as, does actually kind of look like in the face. I can see that for sure. Yeah, and then the same goes with with the other the other girl that you have pulled. So it's like okay, well if I like. I, if I think that I, I can't be like, if I'm thinking that I'm sure there are going to be other people that think that, and it would just be weird because like, she, okay, she, why isn't she Harley Quinn? If she looks that much like her, I know uh, what's your face is uh, Margot Robbie's still in the mix, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here. And the last, but at least you uh, referenced her already. Samara weaving uh, who, again, you may recognize from screen six or scream six snake eyes or uh, that badly produced Babylon film. Or every other Margot Robbie movie because she looks even more like Margot Robbie. She does. These are all Margot Robbies. That's why I'm saying like, of the ones that you're going to pick, like, like it's just weird if it was either one of those two. Again, not saying I don't know anything about them as actresses, but like from like an appearance look. Right, right, right. Again, like you said, wig work is amazing these days. Yeah, they can do wonders with wigs. Wonders with wigs. There. So uh, yeah, that, that's the rumored casting. So interesting stuff. Uh, we'll see if any of that stuff comes to fruition. Of course, we're still waiting on uh, the castings for the Fantastic Four, and we did that a couple uh, weeks ago. So we'll see if that comes to light. But I think that's a little. I think we're a little bit closer to getting those um, than than uh, Superman Legacy, especially with the with the writers' strike. You know. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. And just please don't make Nicholas Holt Superman. Like I like him as an actor. By the way, Lex is is like, Alex Alexander is Lex Luthor's full name. By the way, that's what like. Uh, but I thought he was, I thought I heard somewhere that there was a son of Lex Luthor in, in a comic run. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I'm listening to the wrong YouTubers. Yeah, there's that could be possible. I don't I don't know. Like if I you I, okay. So the endorsement is back on by the comic book minute. Alexander Luthor Jr. There you go. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, so we're both right. We're both right. There you go. Look at that. So nobody's right. minds got changed. It's morphin' time. Let's shift over to the comic book minute. Ah, a superb choice. So we got a couple uh, titles that I'm very, very interested in this week, but it is a little bit of a slower week in terms of my pull list. Uh, But from Boom, we got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 108. I will be talking about this uh, more at length on TLDR when I have more than a minute to talk about books. But I will say that the, there was a surprising development from the previous issue. Always something, of course, you're hoping for month to month. Um, but Melissa Flores continues to do an awesome job there. Gunslinger Spawn issue 20 is out this week from Image. Um, I have not got a chance to look at that, but I have read No One issue three. And this is this is the title that I'm probably most excited about month to month um, from any publisher. And the first issue was awesome. The second one was on a similar level. I wouldn't say it was better, so I'll probably give the nod to the first one. The third issue, best one yet by far. Really awesome stuff. And I believe I've mentioned it before when I've talked about it on here. I know I have on TLDR, but there's a, a podcast that is accompanies it, and it's a scripted podcast. So it's essentially taking place in this world. I have, you know, I love how they, they're they doing this. Um, Kyle Higgins has done a great job, the writer of this, the uh, uh, series. So awesome stuff there. As for TLDR, we're back on mainline stuff. We had uh, Ryan Parrott, who also does stuff for the Masterverse uh, over at Image Comics. He was back on with us this past week. Um, but we're doing our eighth trade. So that means Joe is going to be talking about a book I've recommended in the past and vice versa, on top of talking about some other collected editions that we've been waiting to share with one another. 
All right. I love it. It's a sharing podcast. You know, it's, it's oh. good. I thought you were going to say you went a little over a minute there because I'm pretty no, sure I No, no, it's the comic book minute only in name, not oh. in time. Oh, well, you are too kind. Wow. Yeah, only today. It's Morphin' Time! Yes, we're switching gears over to our main topic, which is the Pope's Exorcist exit service. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the audio, but th- that is my favorite church song going back from Catholic high school is... Oh. Our God is an awesome God. Oh, that, that's what that was. I could not make that <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, that's just too bad. But it's it's church music nonetheless. Let's, one more time for the people. Oh, that had a different like uh, is cadence. The right word in that case. Yeah, this was... this one was uh, definitely more more produced than what I remember. Gosh, yeah, that was uh, a lot of production value poured into that song. Yeah, but the tune, like I'm used to it being like go, moving at a different beat, maybe is what mm. is the better way to put it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is uh, at the end of the chorus and not the beginning of it. Uh, so okay, like, our maybe that's fine. God is an awesome. That's God. what I'm used to. And then it picks up, and then oh. our God is an awesome God. Oh, and then it, yeah, it's been too long. All right, so I still have the honors of synopsis because Wes refuses yes. to put out polls, and well, I'm not going to help him. <laughs> um, so, all right, uh, follow Gabriel Amorth, the Vatican's leading exorcist, as he investigates the possession of a child and uncovers a conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep secret. All right, this was written by Michael Petroni and Evan Spilatopoulos. Uh, and R. Dean McCreary, that's the Irish name I screw up, great, uh, directed by Julius Avery, starring Russell, Russell Crowe as father Gabriel Amorth, uh, Daniel Zavato as father Esquibel, uh, Alex Esso as Julia, Franco Nero as the Pope, that's a strong name, Franco Nero, mm. I like that, uh, Peter D'Souza uh, Faoni as Henry, uh, Laurel Marsden as Amy, Cornell John as uh, Bishop Lamumba. John is an interesting last name. <laughs> oh yeah, huh. I was. I'm just. Kind of, I was like waiting to finish that. Like in my mind, I was like Cornell John Smith. I, you know, I, I, just waiting for something else. It just left me hanging. But uh, last but not least, Ryan O'Grady as uh, uh, Cardinal Sullivan. As for the box office and critics reception, this hauled in 66 million worldwide with 19 million domestic, including 9 million in its opening weekend. It's got a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 51-81 split on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 37.5 on Google reviews with 91% of Google users liking this movie. And Wes, before you give your score and tweet length review, I got to say, I feel like all those numbers make sense to me. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm getting more confused. I, I'm getting uh, the yips now with with Google users. Uh, that percentage mm. there, ninety one percent. I just don't understand because I think that's less than Guardians or one of the movies that we we reviewed recently. Uh, and I was like, oh, remember we were like, oh, it's like eighty eight is the threshold for a good yeah. movie, and then it's like, I think Guardians Volume One or Two, like they both weren't. Uh, let's see. I am trying to find them real quick. For but, us. but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm just in a, in a box here. I'm, I'm in my own head with it, hmm. but, uh, ne- nevertheless, well, Nick's fine to that. Oh, my, my score tweet length review, give it an 80 out of a hundred solid movie. This is a solid at home thriller slash horror movie. Uh, love Russell Crowe. I think his, his charisma stands out in an otherwise, you know, pretty boilerplate movie. Uh, but I would have liked a little more demon in church history. 
but they do a good job of peppering it in. So just to follow back on all this stuff that we're just talking about, uh, so mm. Gar- the original Guardians of the Galaxy, 88% of Google users liked that movie. Yeah. And then 87% liked Volume 2. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. See, I, I, maybe we should just throw that out. Maybe, yeah. maybe Google users don't know what they're using. Yeah, I mean, well, the other thing is, when did that start becoming a thing? Because that could be part of why that those numbers are a little bit lower, because people who think positively going to think care enough to go back. So well, yeah, because you wouldn't think a, a movie that is under four and a half on Google reviews would be liked by 91% of Google users, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but one thing that we both should note, we watched this at home. We purchased it mm, on mm-hmm. prime. Yes. Um, so 20 this, bucks, this, 20, 1999. Yeah. Which actually, before I get into my score brings up something that we were talking about beforehand. It's like, Again, an idea that we came up with together, and it's like, why are the, the people who are in charge not coming up with this shit? I mean, it, this would be like, like you're not offering this is almost kind of like a disservice to people. So we had the option of either renting or buying this, and it was the same mm-hmm. cost whether it was an ultra HD, HD, or, or standard. Um, it was nineteen ninety nine to rent, twenty four ninety nine to purchase. But you have to make the decision. Going in, like what you don't know this movie, especially this one where it's a new release, you do not know. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I asked Lauren because she's not gonna watch it with me. Do you want to do? Are you gonna want to watch it later? And she said, no, no, she's not interested. All right, fine. So then I guess I'm not gonna buy it. I'll just rent it, and then because I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna mm-hmm. like it or not. Going, and I didn't look at your notes. You'd seen it before me, and then I watched it. And I was like, I, I do like this, and I maybe I would have bought it for the extra five bucks just because to have it. It's like I, I don't have that option to go back afterwards to spend the extra five bucks. I have to spend the full $24.99. Jeff Bezos, fix this now. Fix this. A- Amazon support. We need to do something here because that's that just makes so much sense, Nick. It, it even like you shouldn't even have to pay the extra five dollars for it. You already paid the $19.99. Like, did you like this movie? Great. Buy it for another two bucks, two fifty. Cut it in half of what you would have done. And then you, you're getting it there on, on the back end too. But to charge the the full price to buy the movie after you rent it is just it's it's hogwash. Yeah, capitalistic it, hogwash. I, I just don't. And, and who's going to do that? I mean, maybe there are maybe there's enough people that go and say, you know, I really liked it. Now I got to own it. I mean, to that end, I'd say just go buy the DVD at that point or something. Because I know it's, it's everybody does digital now, but I just wouldn't want to give that extra money to Amazon. It's just kind of annoying. But you you've seen uh, you've seen Jeff Bezos lately? No. Oh man, he, he's looking good. He, you know that's why he needs all the extra uh, payments here for the for the twenty four ninety nine buying. He needs he needs uh, the top of the line HGH. Oh, oh TRT. He, he's ripped. He's looking good. If you look at him from like when he started uh, Amazon to what where he is now, like he was just like a skinny like pencil neck dork, and now so, he's like a ripped guy who look, has a penis for a head. So you're saying he went from Lex Luthor Jr. to Lex Luthor Sr. Yeah, you could even say the same for Mark Zuckerberg. There was like photos of him surfacing recently of like competing and winning a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament. Oh, well then. Okay. Must be nice the the tweets that I saw say that he won like a, a gold and a silver or something in his competition. However, I'm very weary of any multi-billionaire with the, the reach that he has maybe not putting a little extra weight on uh, on the referees there to ensure that he wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, either I way, know. I mean, having that kind of time to get to that point is... Um, it's, good, it's good, though, yeah. Must, good for yeah, him. Sure. Uh, uh, sure. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> my score for this is an 84 out of 100 show, Wes, and I are, per usual, 
in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Crowe was great. Peter D'Souza Fignoni um, was mm. at, was horrifyingly terrific. Um, the whole movie haunting throughout, but particularly scary towards the end until the final part of the exorcism, which we'll get into a little <laughs> bit later. Speaking of prosthetics, uh, Henry had some some good prosthetics on there, dude. He got fucking weird. I wasn't ready for that. Like to- that the vi- like it was. He was freaky as things were going on. And he kind of just has like a, a, an odd look, especially what they do with his hair and everything. Well, and he had like the dead eye stare with like the big bags. Like he looked like he wasn't sleeping or anything, you know? Yeah. But by the time we get to the very end, like that last, the last like effort, it's like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, he goes full on possessor. So let, let's dive into the, uh, the exit survey. Uh, let's start off with a softball. Nick, are you in- interested or intrigued? By stories of the Catholic Church. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that's been like hidden over the years, and there's so much like other stuff that's going on. Whether like, I, I will say, I'd like to know if it's like real or fiction going in. You know, mm-hmm. like believed mm-hmm. to be. Um, but yeah, that kind of like that the historical stuff. I think I, I have an interest in history to begin with, um, and this is like one of the oldest institutions in the world, if not the oldest institution in the world. So, and, and as like much of an open book as it, as the Catholic church is no pun intended, there is like a ton of secrecy there. You know, they have all these books. You can go to every church, you can speak to a priest and they can give you the whole history of it. You can take an ecclesiology class in high school uh, and all this stuff. Right. But there's like still the inner workings of the church. So much gets lost. So much is tucked away in the Vatican. There's all like, compartmentalization right like i'm i'm sure the your local pastor your local priest doesn't know uh the inner workings like the archdiocese does and the archdiocese doesn't know the as much of the inner workings as those who are actually inside the vatican you you know what i mean Mm. so there's all this like compartmentalization so there's like the whole the whole thing is like shrouded in secrecy despite being out in plain sight yep it is uh... i find it massively intriguing i i love it and it's even like we're, we're talking about like you know uh, uh the eucharist and all the different stipulations for it and everything going to catholic school at the time of harry potter because i was reading the uh the wikipedia page yeah and uh the real uh gabriel amorth like said uh anyone who reads harry potter is demonic or that's demonic i think he also said yoga was as well so yeah he's a hardcore catholic because it's Going into Hinduism, I, I think, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they might believe in multiple gods. Um, yeah, you're right. So then it goes it goes off like that. So, um, but so yeah, very, very devout Christian man, as you would expect, Catholic man, uh, as, as the Pope's exorcist. But at the time I was going to high school was the height of the Harry Potter books, as well as um, the Dan Brown books there. What, what, what am I? Uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yep. And it was just so the, the the school was in a pretzel of what to do, you know, like, really, do we, do we pay attention uh, and give this like any sort of credit? Like, oh, yeah, this is a threat to our uh, institution or or do we say something about it? It's like none of the teachers knew what to really talk about. And then, then you have these great you know books that maybe the English teachers want to like share with their kids. Like these are great books to get involved with and read and stuff like that, you know, uh, but they can't they can't even really endorse it i didn't know until honestly like fairly recently about all the harry potter like craziness that that happened when we were younger because of those like because oh, of religion yeah. and everything and it was just like absolutely mind-blowing to me um the responses but i will say uh that um th- that gabriel morth he ended up walking it back a little bit later i guess like in a new york uh, Times on the harry potter 
Yeah, like in a yeah. New York Times interview, he said, like, if, if they can go see the movie with, like, their parents, I guess it's not that bad or whatever. So, okay. Um, but um, but I will say, of the two, I would expect, like, the church to have more of an issue with the Da Vinci Code. Like, Absolutely, I, yeah. I can I can understand that. Like, as much as I'm still like, hey, it's, it's fiction or whatever, like, it's it feels very real. Harry Potter is like, dude, we're talking, like... I just what what are you talking about? Yeah, and and the way that it was written was in a, a nonfiction type of way, you yeah. know, like the book, yes. w- the way that it was kind of presented. There was a storyline and everything to it, but there, it all felt very real. And I remember there was like discussions about that, but you're like, is this is this really real? And again, it's like you know, taking down the church entirely. Harry Potter is just kind of operating in its own witch world, you know, like yeah. but this is like. No, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, there's a whole bloodline and everything yes. like that, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and I mean, and like Preacher does does stuff with like Jesus having a bloodline and everything like that, too. One mm-hmm. of the best comics ever. And it was a show uh, for a while. But like. There's, or Indiana there's, Jones. Uh, the Holy Grail. Oh, yep. But well, they have. It's the actual Holy Grail. It's not. Like yeah, it's not a person. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Um, uh, But with at least what, what I will say is like. Da Vinci Code felt real, and maybe it's because like the veil was pulled down after I'd like read it and seen it. But I didn't have that same feeling with Angels and Demons. Like I watched it, like this yeah. is just a really good fictional story that feels like it could happen in this in our world. But I, I'm not sure. But it was, um, but like I, I really enjoy that one too. I think there was a third book too, but I never. Uh, I think you're right, but I didn't I didn't get to that one uh, that far along either. I was already moving. anyways. Yeah, the, the hype the hype train had moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so was so both intrigued, interested, love it. Okay, was was this movie more of a thriller or a horror movie? Okay, I, I want I'm, I'm curious your thoughts here because I have I I say horror because like this this felt real in a sense of like how it didn't it wasn't nonstop action at all times. Yes, it got freaky, it got crazy, and there were certain things like when the the head twisting around and some of that stuff. Like okay, that's probably not happening, but some of the other parts of it where I think you know there is like truth to some of this stuff like there are like the exorcisms and things like that that's mm-hmm. been around for a bit it felt like some of it was i don't want to say grounded enough but not sensationalized enough like henry felt like real like that performance was amazing and that yeah absolutely what, and then obviously with horror too it's like the, the the jarring stuff we see with the kid and some of the other like body horror so yeah it, it felt like not a sensationalized, but felt like more of a real horror in some ways to me, I guess. Yeah. And I would defer to you on this. I feel like you're the more, you know, more uh, uh, well-versed in horror movies than I am here. So, you know, I, I kind of view this as like a thriller with horror elements. My, my view on horror is like Freddy Krueger, Scream, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason, all that kind of stuff. Right. Like mm-hmm. where there, where it's just like gore, even like the saw movies or hostile or where it's like, gore and violence for the sake of violence and, and the storyline is really just a device to get you to the next action scene and this felt like it had more again of a stronger storyline there uh with the the exorcist possession um you know elements and horror elements there uh peppered in but yeah i, I, I would defer to you on that and, and and i appreciate that i'm not gonna go and claim to be you know hashtag dork in terms of no, like horror more fandom, than I am, but like no. i've definitely Oh, I've always had like interest in it, but it always freaked me the fuck out. But somebody helped get me over that hump, and now I think there's no turning back. Um, but like, yeah, there's especially when you look at the conjuring stuff, there's like a lot of freaky shit that happens, but there's a story in there. So it's just a different type of horror. And I, I think and it's fair that like what you think of horror, you think of gore. I think a lot of people do. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What was the most, let's, let's dive in. What was the most uh, rewatchable scene that you found here? I mean, everything with Henry to me mm-hmm. was amazing. I mean, when he, like, like right when he first gets possessed and they send the, the other priest in, he throws him out and it's like, wrong fucking priest. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? This thing is nuts. Oh my God. I, I, I think the, the, the one that, I mean, that one definitely stood out, but when he says, uh, I'm going to fuck you. And then when you oh. come, you're going to feel shame for it when I'm, fucking, you know, like, <sighs> I'm like, Oh my God. And to hear it, yeah. like, you know, from the little kid, you know, in such like a demonic way is scary, but like, I couldn't help when I'm watching this. And, and I agree. I thought every, every scene when had Henry was kind of like, you know, the tent pole uh, mm. of, of the movie there. But um, anytime that you saw like that, the possession, whether it was him or in the, the opening scenes there, or even when the daughter, uh, the sister gets possessed there a little bit as well. I, I couldn't help but think of like, and, and uh, Father Amorth is, is is talking about it when he talks about exorcism, but relating it to um, detoxing from like drugs or like heroin or anything like that. I couldn't because you're you're you know all all the life is sucked out of your face. You're sweaty. Your palms are shaking, and then like you're looking to get. Uh, that next fix as you're withdrawing, right? And it's all, you're feeling the worst pain ever. So you're willing to say anything at the last time. And I couldn't help but think like, if you weren't, you know, if you don't believe in heaven and hell and exorcisms and demons and possession and all of that, like that would be the the closest thing that you could depict to it, right? I, I, in my imagination. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's a very fair way to, to kind of to get it across. Yeah, 100%. Um yeah. Um, and, and then, the, you know, obviously they talked a lot about the mental illness stuff and that kind of goes into one of the things that you found were watchable. And I'll, I'll let you get to that in a second. But um, when Father Gabriel sat down with that panel, as we're getting to know him, you know, mm-hmm. in the early going, and then he just tells the, that Father Sullivan to basically to piss off. I love that. Like, and, and I think that's part of the yeah. trailer, too, which I know we say it's not ideal to have that be one of the best scenes. But I really like that a lot. And look, there's a lot of stuff with Henry in this movie. So when I say most rewatchable scene, like there's just so much good with that kid. Um, but yeah, like father Gabriel is he, like his basically saying like, I asked like the Pope, if you got a problem with my boss, like talk to him. I mean, we need to talk to my boss. Oh yeah. And even how he says, like, Oh, he's not possessed. I just played a little trick to, you know, mine to, to, to uh, you know, he wasn't, he was mentally ill. So I just had to play a little trick on him and then a little psychology trick. or yeah, something. And that's, like that, right? that was great. It's like, the, and like I suspected snappy. that when I, when I saw the first scene, but it's like, that's and that's kind of what you should hope for. By the way, the the priest who asked him for help and then was there and ratted him out, what a bastard that guy is. Yeah, yeah, and that and that apparently was something that did happen to a degree. Oh. Uh, in there, I think. I think that's that that opening scene in the countryside. I, I think I was reading that and actually some of your notes. Oh, that yeah, actually. yes, the yeah. the countryside part did. Yes, 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 yes. But we don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead. Not the exact details of it, right? But that that was probably you know I think that was a great opening scene, a great way to open the movie. I'd rewatch that a bunch of times. And again, just his confidence uh, when he's holding out, I, I don't know if it's St. Augustine, the uh, uh, medallion that he's holding out there. Mm. Um, oh. But one so it immediately gets the, uh, the eyes, you know, the, the attention, the focus of the demon in there. And then he just like slick talks him, <laughs> you know, he mm-hmm. just, he just used street talk and just kind of like feeds into the ego. He's like, I bet you can't get into the pig. And then he just shoots the pig. Like, I was like, all right, we're we're on uh we're on the right track here to open up a movie. Yes, yeah, that was uh yeah, but they blew that pig's head away. But you know, with the medallion too, Wes, like 
I, I didn't find anything on this like in terms of like true and not true about the movie, but like that was something that I thought was really good was how they, they were talking about the exorcisms. But we'll get to that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you had for Rock? Uh, yeah, and just when when both um, you know Father uh, Escobar and Father Gabriel uh, go down to the Abbey cab- catacombs there to uncover the the demon graves and yeah. the, uh, possessed uh, um, exorcist that was down there, all that stuff was really interesting. Kind of finding that out, and it's like, oh, there's there's so much uh, uh, gas and sulfur here, and it's like a, a pathway to hell. Like I don't know that that supernatural mm. stuff. Like I wish they kind of went into that like a little bit more. Mm. There, it was I well that I think that kind of goes into like the problem that we that I think that I have with this movie and I feel you think you feel pretty similarly about um because we go over to we look at what was true about this movie because it's based on a real exorcist is like mm-hmm. he started like a a group uh like for like exorcists like like in, with a, a priest from like France like in 1990 or something like that I saw, I saw that in this so this article, uh, History versus Hollywood, is a website that does this like compare and contrast and does all this research. I thought it was I like great. It. Yeah, that's it cool. Was, that's a great site, awesome. right? Yeah. So definitely going to look into that more whenever we have situations like this. But basically, what I got from their research, and we'll go through some of the details, but they just did like what The Conjuring did, where they take these real people, this real person in this case, and then we th- like we create a fictional story around them. Like now, The Conjuring has some more truth to it but mm-hmm. this sounds like it was a complete fabrication west other than as you alluded to earlier that first like uh the like, italian village scene which was uh i guess around a case called the uh, roberto like some some dude who was like faking it and these yeah. things to get him to, to so i couldn't believe though as we saw some of these things i don't know if you want to go through some of these details you want me to highlight yeah yeah highlight some of them here and and i w- will say though i just have the wikipedia page the you know father of he wrote a couple of books yep. uh so he has uh, a bunch of books but the first one is uh, an exorcist tells a story in 1990 uh, and an exorcist more stories in 1992 i think he has a couple but those were what the movie was kind of based around those uh, and, and their memoirs so it's important to note that their memoirs and the difference between that and an autobiography or a biography yeah you know that's written by the author uh from their own memory so there's a lot of like leeway about what's true and you sure. can kind of like shape things and everything too so um you know that all kind of comes into it but you know on his wikipedia page he says that he's performed more than fifty thousand exorcisms uh which range from uh quote a few minutes to several hours in length um, by March 2020, uh, 2010, he said the number had increased to 70,000. Uh, then by 2013, he said he had performed 160,000 exorcisms uh, in the course of his ministry. Wow. So he says each exorcism does not represent a victim possession, but rather each exorcism is counted as a prayer or ritual alone. Uh, and some possession victims require hundreds of exorcisms. So again, a little bit of a, a little bit of a workaround there, but yeah, um, the uh, the math. I don't even know where to begin with the math, but whatever. But like uh, the one <laughs> thing I will say about this movie that and it really made it, it made me enjoy it so much is the way that Father Gabriel explains how the exorcisms work, how, mm-hmm. how like his process and everything. And I didn't see anything about that in the history versus Hollywood like breakdown of this, 
But I, that was the thing that sold me the most was like they do a really good job of like giving us details because like we've seen I've seen plenty you know the exorcism stuff with like exorcism Emily Rose or then Constantine obviously does exorcism right yeah yeah I, I find this very the, this particular thing very very interesting I um, mean obviously with the Conjuring stuff too I just like always curious like what's the details what's act what is actually believed to be this like the the process of going through things. And again, this is why I think the movie's so interesting. Why I find like you know religion, uh, uh, the Catholic Church, to be really interesting because it's such it's a thing that's out there that we can research about. But there is like so much, uh, it's so much shrouded in history and how much has been, um, you know, uh, uh, punched up by Hollywood or, or right. exaggerated by uh, the people who are doing because we're not there to see it. So like, you're kind of just at you know at the mercy of the people who are telling the story. Mm-hmm. But ne- nevertheless, like if. If this is real and there there are real exorcists who are employed by the Catholic Church, then like, yeah, I want to know what what this is, right? That it yeah. goes into the the greatest question that everyone has is like, what what happens after after Earth after life? You know? Yep, it is. Yeah, it, it does. Um, so a couple things to highlight um, that again from the History versus Hollywood article. So talked about the the Roberto case, which is basically what inspired the Italian um, like the Italian village scene that we get off the rip. Um, the girl Rosaria, her death was loosely inspired by Vatican girl, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. disappearance of Emanuela or Landy, but she didn't, she just disappeared. She did not die. I mean, at least as far as we know, she did not die in the way that this girl did, but like the abuse that she, um, like, uh, underwent mm-hmm. in, in the Vatican, that's the similar thing. Uh, Gabriel did fight in world war too. So at least he doesn't have stolen valor. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, just, just on that note though, with Henry, uh, knowing all of those or Amadeus, I think is, is, is the yeah, demon's so. name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as, as, as with everything that he knew there, that has to be the worst. If you're in there with everybody and he's just saying like, you're sleeping around and you're a coward and all this stuff. And like, you let these people die. And like, it's a, uh, it's a crazy thing. Yeah, it is. It was like, like imagine was... being in there and you're just like, ah, oh, shit, my deepest, darkest secrets mm-hmm. are all coming out right now. And again, another great detail that they established is like, you can't know stuff like that, that you've confessed for already. And you've like, you've been forgiven. Of. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. can't forgive yourself, then like, you're still kind of open to fair game. Like, so I, I, these details are great and they feel real. If this was like a fictional movie completely, I don't know if I would have given it a greater grade and we'll get into that a little bit while later, but it's just, I ha- I'm left with like a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because like, just, I don't, now I don't know what's, what's real. Well, I think the way that I kind of came around, it was that a lot of these ideas uh, and and maybe like the general ideas are true. Like you said, the Rosario's disappearance, you know, the Abbey uh, there, there, that is a real place, even though it has nothing, it wasn't really haunted or anything like that, you know, uh, but there, there was, you know, really a Pope's exorcist, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. So I, I think yeah. there's, uh, you know, some truth in it. It's just all kind of warped around into one story. Right. It, we, it was was not uh, actually uh, did not actually exist was the Abbey of San Sebastian, which is the setting for this entire story. There isn't. And now, according to the article, there is an abbey with a similar name in the region, the Abbey of Santo Domingo de Silos, mm-hmm. uh, which is called San Sebastian de Silos during the 10th century. But that structure has a cloister and central courtyard. Uh, last couple things, Weston, which was, this was really cool. And I was like, if this is real. Like this is actually like a believed thing. I this would have been the coolest thing. 
it would have been good, but it would have been just like a very interesting thing to be true. Um, the explanation for how the Spanish Inquisition began does not line up with perspectives of historians. So, uh, and that does that mean in the sense of like the the guy was possessed and then yeah, he was the not. devil did the work? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But that that's what I think is one of the things that will age the best. Is a little spoiler alert. It's like that uh, hit that that fictional retelling of history through the eyes of the Catholic Church. Like, you know, obviously this could be considered, uh, you know, trying to um, rewrite history in a bit and pay, paint it in a more favorable light. But, mm. you know, to be able to be like, all right, the, the church did so many bad things. Uh, and this was because they were actually possessed uh, by a demon within the church or worked away. I think that's a very uh, interesting comment. And, and while that, again, while it's not true, like I was just saying, maybe there's ideas that could be um, taken from this. And I, I, there was a, Somewhere, where where did I have this here? I had some note. Uh, where was this quote? Where sure. was it? I didn't. I don't remember seeing. Oh, it okay. When asked whether this is on his uh, Wikipedia page, when asked whether the devil can strike inside the Vatican City, Amorth stated he has tried already. He did it in 1981 by attacking John Paul II by working with those uh, who armed Ali Aga. Uh, so it's interesting. So it's like that sort of thing, like the. Uh, mm -hmm the devil kind of coming in and seeding, uh, trying to, trying to break the Vatican and the church from within. Yeah. So those uh, ideas, you know, may, may have persisted or at least, you know, within the church, those are like maybe some beliefs that they have. And then they were able to incorporate them into the movie. Yeah. And again, like it's a really cool thing. And if I know going in, this is like a complete work of fiction. That's great. That's cool. Like it's an interesting, smart writing decision. Um, it still is, but it's just like, again, why are we centering around this real guy? And not using more real stuff because again, they not only is that structure not real. Okay, we're thinking, well, maybe this some of the stuff was with Henry was real. Like maybe it was this kid was possessed and blah blah blah, but it wasn't to that magnitude. No, Henry's not even based on a real life case. Like, oh, that's see, that's the cherry on top. There. That's the main character, or at least, least. You know, if if you are gonna use again, like you said, Gabriel more maybe use his like biggest, most known case right or, or something that kind of stand again the guy's says he's uh performed 130,000 exorcisms you know that's mm -hmm. maybe there's one that you can find uh that that would be actually interesting to use so yeah interesting but the demon uh osmo osmodeus osmodeus yep uh we'll get a little bit about him because i thought he was interesting he pops up uh, if you look at his Wikipedia page, all throughout uh, different religions and different uh, uh, points in time. So I think huh. that's pretty interesting. But he's most associated as the Prince of Hell uh, and, and associated with lust. So let, let me see if I got anything up mm. here. Um, in Judeo-Islamic lore, he is the king of both demons and uh, demons and demons. Asmodeus is most known as the uh, Deuterocanonical Book of Tobit, in which he is the primary antagonist. Um, and Peter, Peter Binsfield's classification of demons, he represents lust. The demon is also mentioned in the Talmud, Talmudic legends, uh, the Talmud, which I think is like the like Old Testament of uh, the Jewish religion, that the, the Old Testament equivalent. Oh. Uh, for instance, uh, in the story of the construction of the Temple of Son Solomon uh, in Islam, he is identified uh, with the puppet mentioned in the Quran, which dethroned Solomon and uh, reigned over the kingdom until... Uh, he got his kingship back. And I think in the story uh, in the Temple of Solomon, uh, uh, King Solomon enlists 
uh, Asmodeus to help kind of build up his uh, his temple there too. So hmm. again, across the Quran, the Talmud, uh, and the Bible as well. So he's he's well represented in all the the fathers of religion. Hmm. Interesting. Like it's all the same thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Hmm. It all all started somewhere there. I will um, say, I'm interested in reading these, like tr- getting my hands on these books. I take I I don't have I I struggle with prose because my mind mind tends to wander, but I do think at some point I want to check. Um, it was an exorcist tells a story and mm-hmm. uh, an exorcist more story. So God just know where you're going to start. Yeah. And that's a, those are pretty simple titles too. You know, they had uh, good SEO writers even back then. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Um, what will age the best from this movie? I already mentioned it. Just the fictional spins on the Catholic church. Yeah. Bad history. I, I really liked that. I thought that worked well, particularly with the Spanish inquisition. I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of like an interesting retelling of it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. also the runtime. It was 75 minutes. You're in and out like a fiddler's elbow. It's great. Yeah. I think the I think you, you like the um the fictional spin like yes and no. Like yeah. in, in, in I'll, we, we can talk I'll talk about that more after but I I, I do kind of agree with you. Yes, mm-hmm. runtime. This didn't feel like it had any fat on it really. Like maybe there were mm-hmm. like tiny lulls in it, but nothing that that jumped out to my mind whatsoever. Um Henry to me is what's going to age the best from this movie. That kid did a great job. Um, if they like more horror stuff for him or whatever, but he's, he was really, really good. Um, and I, I enjoyed father Gabriel. Like, I feel like there's like, I, when I started watching this, I was like, this has chance to, to this, there's, there's going to be a sequel to this. He, oh, he, I think it already is in the works. I, actually, I think the Wikipedia page said that. Yeah. So it's there already going to happen. And I imagine uh, with the um, comparisons that you were made to the, the conjuring, I can see that definitely happening. Right. And just yeah. you have a whole franchise of different uh, chapters in the Gabriel and more story. Uh, and, and Russell Crowe's great. He's chewing up the scenery. He's, he's doing Love a whole it. lot of work in this. Um, so and Henry's great as well. So I'm with you. But what will age the worst? By the way, this had looks like this had an eighteen million dollar budget. Uh, so this has already been a huge, huge. Success. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. I bet half of that was uh, to get Russell Crowe. Pro- probably. Um, well, age the worst from this movie. I mean, the biggest thing for me is how much of this was fake. Like, because it's again, I, I like it a lot. I think it's well done, but I you're using a real person and then turning everything into the, like all of his stuff into fiction. Like he sold his stories like when, before he passed, I think he did it in 2015. So like mm-hmm. he knew like, he was fine sharing all this and getting it out there. I just don't understand how you don't base more in reality. And I'm not saying you can't sensationalize stuff like people, you know, I know like the, the people's heads twisting when there's like, um, when they're, um, possessing everything is like you know a played out thing and it doesn't happen yeah. whatever sure that's fine you can still do that in there but just like use a real story you know like i don't know why you don't do that yeah no i'm with him that's where age the worst the head spinning to depict possession you know i know that's uh again a, a nod and allusion to the exorcist uh, and all that sort of thing but uh you don't have to do that in every movie right so that that happened when uh, uh, the demon uh, pos- went into Amy, right? His his sister, Henry's sister, there for mm. a minute. She kind of cranked her, or maybe it was the mother who that cranked her head around. It You're was right. Amy, okay. Yeah, yeah w- which I thought was cool that he was able to kind of possess two at once, kind of showing off his power. Yeah, oh, dude, that demon was nuts. Like, it, it, and it was just right after he said, like, oh, like this. I've seen a demon before. It's like talk through three people at once. And then, boom. Yeah, and uh, what what you think of Russell Crowe's Italian? You know what I uh, I I was I don't like I don't really know what like an Italian accent is like sounds like off the top of my head. So when I heard him, I was like, 
I don't know if this is good or bad. Like you ever heard Mario? Jeez, jeez. <laughs> John Leguizamo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just like, I don't know. Like, okay, it's not. I can I can understand him for the most part. So we're fine. Yeah, he was fine. I, again, I just felt like this was him just kind of chewing up the scenery a little bit. I, I just kind of would giggle <laughs> throughout the times when he's like driving through the streets on his Vespa, like saying cuckoo to people. Cuckoo, he did cuckoo. He did not own a vet, a scooter, by the way, according to that Hollywood versus. Oh, that's uh, bullshit. Now, now this movie's going down in grades. So yeah, you can't have that. Um, also, Cardinal Sullivan, he was a real twerp. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Look for the young Irish. I wonder if he's going to be at the center of the next movie because he had that You don't whole really know what happens to him, right? What what happened to him? He just went on a sabbatical. That's it. But, uh, I, what happened at the end? Did he get blood poured all, all over him? What? I don't know if he got blood poured over him, but he was in the church that we kept seeing the pulp in, and he heard like a demon's voice like, speak to him. That's right. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, this seems pretty consensus here. Uh, who who had the best performance by a side character? It's uh, Henry. It's not even an option. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I, it's because it's. I feel weird saying Henry's a a side character, but I mean, if it's not Henry, then maybe it's his. Like, is it Amy? But even then, no. I, I didn't. I didn't really like Amy. I, she was like uh, emo for just for the sake of being emo. You know, like I didn't really get it. I know she wasn't happy to be in another country, but. Hey, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're in Spain or Italy, wherever they are, you know, go, go find some hot Spain or Italian ass. Her dad also just died in the movie too. So there's that, which again, yeah. all the... and that's another question too. How does this guy have like a sacred church that was owned by the Vatican? That is, that is a, you know what? That is a great, great question. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. When, when, like when, when they first got there, I'm like, what, why is this family here? And then it's like, oh, it was in his family's name. It's like, wait what huh yeah the, the startup time for to introduce the family and that and the whole church uh you, you you can't really ask too many questions they're just like driving right to italy and that and that's what i thought was kind of funny maybe this was kind of aging the worst because now that i think about it is uh you, you have the opening scene of of the really dark uh uh possession scene of killing killing the pig with the animal sacrifice and all that and then it just plays into some nice like 80s like pop music and it's them just driving along like a nice countryside road in spain and it's like a complete it's it's like a hard transition mm-hmm. yeah I, like, I, I don't know man let's ease into it a little bit yeah that was uh that was interesting i i really liked how he did that they did that by the way the uh, opening scene i know we talked about it already but i it, oh like, yeah that was it, very it, it pulls you in but i'm just saying then it, it yeah. just goes to like a hard contrast with the with the family getting introduced and it's like a little too light it's like you know when like uh, uh news anchors are reporting on a story and it's like and then we had a four alarm fire where five people died coming up next squirrels on water skates yeah it's like you know there's like no real thought to it it's just a hard shift yep that's um, fair way to put it but yeah so that that's kind of how it felt for me uh who lost a movie for you uh who lost the movie where am i oh um i have the same ones as you i don't want to it's, you're the ones that were well cardinal sullivan he was a re- again real twerp you know he, he needs his comeuppance he needs to spend some time um and being possessed actually that's kind of sad he shouldn't stinks. say that uh but the devil the devil's a big loser here mm, yes this is very true I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the devil made you just say that now about cardinal sullivan <laughs> i know that's yeah I'll, I'll repent i'll repent good <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's great. And what I'm interested in, and, and again, going off and getting with the way the movie ends, it sets itself up for a sequel going to the 
199 locations or whatever the number was of, of like the places that, that there's no God here. Right. And, yeah. and that's, and that's one of the cool scenes that you see there is like, you know, him writing on Henry's belly, there is no God here or, or find the priest or whatever it was. Um, you know, all that stuff. I thought that was, that was really uh, effective there, but you know, what, what are these other places and are they all in Europe or are they in America? Yeah. yeah, but again, like this is not a thing. Like he wasn't a part of like this team that did all this stuff. So, oh no, but he did do a lot of exorcisms. Yes, a hundred percent. He just did a lot of exorcisms, and I, I just want to see some like real ones. Like you can allude to it, I guess, in the background that you're doing this stuff. But maybe let's get like a real story in there if there's some interesting ones. Do we get a um, Catholic cinematic universe with some of the greatest exorcists and priests and popes, and they all have like an Avengers like team up movie? To beat uh, God, I you know I'd be actually very curious if there's if, if, if to beat God is that what you just said? Or do, oh jeez, that's the devil taking over me! Wow, <laughs> that took me a second there. Like, wait, 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 I, wait, I, wait. I, got, I was just possessed. Beat I was, the devil. I was yeah. You're gonna have to go. To we gotta stop talking this. about this movie. Um, I will. Say, you know what's funny is apparently a light flickered off and on in our place when I was watching the movie. Uh, oh, so it was boy. a little unsettling. But oh I, boy, I would be interested if the if he, Father Gabriel and the Warrens like ever crossed over in real life. If they ever crossed paths, mm. I'd be interested if that was actually a thing because that would be really cool. Different uh, movie. Uh, like I don't know if the same ownership, but. That'd be really cool if we could get that. Other unanswerable question. With all of this IP and, and reboots and everything happening, why don't we get, this is a more serious question, like a cinematic universe of the Bible? Like mm-hmm. all the angels and the like the story of like heaven and hell and battling and stuff. Like you get, you get all this stuff about, you know, uh, uh, Zeus and all the other gods and everything like that. You know, all these like Greek stories and Roman stories. Just, just tell some of the, the, the angels story, angels and demons. You ever heard of Supernatural? Uh, I've heard of it. Is that a TV show? Yeah, that, that's uh, but th- is, that, is that literally what it is? No, it's not actually what you're talking about. But they do deal with a lot of like devils and demons. And, and then, but there, there was a show and I felt like this was a, a book here, too, that was like there. It was modern angels and demons um, like in, in a modern setting. Uh, and they were kind of fighting for for heaven and, and there was a, it was a like a really popular book series, but I'm I'm blanking on it. Well, now. the Lucifer does that. The the oh um, okay, but that's the, not that's not what I'm th- I'm thinking of something else here. No, no I, of course not. But no. Lucifer has like some. I, I think most of those angels' names are real, but it's like all the his all of his siblings and stuff like that is like you know God's son, and God is depicted in it too. Actually, God is um. The Allstate guy, like the the, the oh original yeah, guy, yeah yeah, um, who's also wait he's the president of twenty four and uh uh well, I was say major league um yeah yeah, yeah. Serrano yep we're, we're Serrano guy. yeah yeah jeez couldn't think of it mm-hmm. but yeah I, I want to make sure everybody knows that mayhem is not God because that would be weird. he would he would have he's got a great God voice uh maybe better than Serrano, Morgan yeah. Freeman's yeah it's a good one yeah. that's strong I like Ooh. that um who won the movie speaking of God. Uh, personally, someone like me who likes exorcism stories, mm-hmm. I think you won this one because this was like, I thought it was well done as much as there was some sensationalism to it. I thought that Father Gabriel, like Russell Crowe, his explanations were very interesting in every detail. I was really soaking it all in. I just hope that there was some truth in some of that shit because, you know, I don't know what the fuck else there was. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm a fan of the exorcism stories too, so I'm right there with you. Uh, uh, priest being presented in a, in a positive light. You know, we recently there's a lot of uh, alliteration with the P's here today, mm. uh, but but we talked about uh, the Last of Us uh, and how the church uh, uh, group there, the, the the group leader, the father priest. Oh yeah, pastor, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was a cannibal, right? And it's like. I think Rain Wilson had even tweeted that the uh, uh, Dwight from the office. Like, we don't really see like positive depictions of uh, you know priests anymore, and you know rightfully so. They've done a lot of you know dirt, uh, particularly in this part of the country, right over the years. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's nice to see, nice to see them get a dub every now and again. Yeah, it's got to happen once in a while, you think? And of course, right? God, God wins. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. Talk I know. I, I got I got some uh, work to make up here. You know, yeah. I got to get get back in his good graces. Maybe Wes is the one who lost this moment. Shit, I'm I'm losing it right now. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, that that'll do it for the Pope's Exorcist exit survey. Nick gave it an 84. I gave it an 80. That's good for an aggregate score of 82 on the CMM scale. So uh, available on Amazon Prime for 19.99 or 24.99 if you want to buy it. But, you know, maybe you should hear us out, Amazon, and, you know, maybe make a little intermediary price to buy after renting it. But, yeah, nevertheless, go check it out. All right. One more time. Switching here. Because we're heading over to the Discharge Depot, ladies <laughs> Two, two bitches. All right. What'd you do this weekend? Well, I uh, obviously celebrated Mother's Day, um, mm-hmm. was down in Connecticut this weekend and uh, had stuff going on. There's a lot going on, you know, for Lauren's uh, family because it's her birthday coming up or dad's birthday. But the uh, other thing that I did that I think listeners will give a shit about is uh, Star Wars Rebels. I finally finished it. I've been working through this for a good while. I didn't even realize I was on the last episode when I was. Uh, but it's four seasons. There's a whole lot to work through. And I remember, and I and I'm sure I'm not alone here. That when I first watched it, I was like, "This feels like it's more for kids." And I kind of just went away from it. You know, watched a couple episodes on Disney Plus and whatever. But then I heard, I think Joe said it, and then Max said it too, to some extent. Like maybe Dork, but there's like this idea of uh, that Star Wars Rebels does feel like a kid show at first, but it tells a much much more interesting stories and is a much better show than Clones, Clone Wars. Excuse me. Um, you just got to give it a little bit of time and they're 20 minutes to pop all the episodes, except for the very last one. And yeah, like that hundred percent, you got to give it a little bit of time. I would say by the second season, there's a good, there's a pretty good shift where it feels like it is for everybody, not just kids. And then by the end of it, it's like, I- I'm wondering like, man, how the hell are kids watching this show? It is like, it is so good and it hmm. gets so dark. Um, and, and it deals with a lot of emotions and everything. So I was, um, I was very, uh, yeah, it was really well done, and I, I highly recommend it to anybody who has not watched it before and is interested in that. It'll be a great, uh, great little um, warm-up for the Ahsoka show. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Very very good stuff there. Star Wars Rebels. I won't check it out. I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I like mm-hmm. your ringing endorsement of it. Uh, Mother's Day went great. First Mother's Day for, for uh, the wife there, so that went really well. Uh, first real conundrum for me as a... Uh, as a new father and, and husband uh, going up with my sports fandom here, dealing with game seven of the Celtics uh, on mother's day, we had mm. 2 PM reservations with a three thirty starts. So I was like, how, how am I going to finagle this? 
worked out, got back in, in time for the third quarter, just in time for the blowout. So that that was all good. But also went to the dump this weekend, Nick. And have you have you ever been to a dump? It's, sure. It's a place where dreams come true. Does did Westport have a dump in uh, mm-hmm. in your, your town? Yeah. I think when you look to settle down, buy a place, make sure the town that has a dump. Hmm. Okay. It's huge. It's Thanks. it's a and and maybe that you're within like 15 minutes of a Home Depot. That's also a nice nice little thing to have. But why the dump though? The dump is great. You pay a flat fee. You can bring all your shit there. It's amazing. You pay uh I don't know. It's like 50 bucks for the year, uh, and you bring all all your leaves, everything like that. But aside from that, you also get free loam, free mulch, free uh, dirt. If you can. If you can shovel it, you can take it pretty much. So now I've been doing landscaping in my backyard, trying to reshape this big hill that I have. It's all big sand. It's it's a it's a nasty sore eye. Got forty five cubic feet of loam. Put that all across, wheelbarrowing it up the hills on two by fours. Uh, you know, again, 10, 12 foot foot hill at uh, this point. Great stuff. So I did that in about three four hours on Saturday afternoon. Wake up Sunday. And I got a bad sciatic nerve uh, uh, strain going on in my lower back here. I had, had to call the good doctor, <laughs> Joe mm. Gilmore over there. Give me some tips. Good. He's good that he's helping you, but not good that you're dealing with that. That's no, not- no, no, no. But it was, it was a great, again, impressive feat. Big, deep wheelbarrow, pushing it up 10, 12 feet in the air. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm losing it as I'm like getting up there. So it's tipping over to the wrong way. And I save it all the dirt from and don't lose any of it and it kind of wow. get it right and then shift it over and that's what it did look uh, that's that's where i strained it was it was mm. when tipping over and using my side and my ass um to, to save it so yeah, yeah a little, little out of shape as far as uh manual labor labor is concerned it is a totally different ball game versus going to the gym all the freaking time it is surprising and it can be humbling um i'm yeah. really hung up on the fact that you because i didn't know that until now i knew some of these details but not until now did i know that you got your mulch from the dump i've never heard of that before oh yeah no it, it's a great feature and, and also i mean it's a huge uh, uh money generator for the town so it makes the town's taxes super low uh, huh? so yeah yeah so it's, it's it's really interesting but uh w- when you are looking to buy a place the dump is nice but also you know you you want trash pickup too mm. You know, that's uh, included in your taxes. You have that as well. So you have that and the dump. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. To pay, you know, an extra fee to have someone come and haul your trash away every week. You know, that's hmm. at, least, at least have it all baked into the taxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, with a, yeah. Yes, that would be nice. Um, um, economics here on the Change My Mind podcast. It's economics and religion. Look at that. Look at that. that. This is it. But we're getting into not separating church and state here. That is the problem. No, no, no. We're we're fully blending it. Yeah, they're they're in bed together. <laughs> um, but there we go. I'm curious though, if we had any listeners who uh who can answer this question, does your dump, if you have a dump, like have a service with uh where you can buy mulch there? Because I've never heard of that before. Oh, you don't even have to buy it, you just go you just go in for it. Yeah. Either way, you can get your mulch there. I'm just curious if someone, if one of our listeners can can let us know, you can DM us or whatever at CMM podcast or pod. Oh you? yeah. Yeah. I would, I would imagine you could do that in Westport too. You know, I never did that. We, we got mulch. I don't remember it coming from there. 
Well, but again, you got you got to go and get it yourself. That's that's the holdup. A lot of people don't do that because they don't want to have to shovel it. So they just hire someone to go, you know, get with a dump truck and drop it off. Oh, okay. which I get because then you won't wake up with a sore back the next day. This is true. Well, you know, you just engage your core west and you'll be fine. There we go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Honest to God, though, when any, whenever I've done stuff before and like since I've known to do that, whenever I do manual labor and it's like thinking to engage my cores, I'm doing this like. Does anybody actually think to fucking do this when they're shoveling all the time? There's no way. I don't think so. I, I, I certainly wasn't. No way. Anyways. All right. Yeah, what's uh, going on in the DSG this week? So I know Hashtag Dork did a thing in honor of Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, the movie and TV's Hottest Moms. Uh, Mac and Goo, they recently tiered the uh, MCU villains. So that'll be an interesting listen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. P- PCP is uh, on their third protest right now uh, that mm. is still ongoing. And as I mentioned before, TLDR just had Ryan Parrott on. He talks Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, talk a little Rogue Sun and some other stuff, uh, some TMNT as well with him. Um, but the set, the eighth trade from TLDR is going to be out this week. So that is the 80th mainline episode. Um, I've heard it Ooh. both ways. They, I believe, are on to their, uh, the start of season six. I don't think they did an episode last week, but that they are in season six right now. Of side. Okay. As for the streamers, you got Doc at Backcracker, Shime at Shime Time, and then Keith and Davey do all their video game playing on the hashtag Dork YouTube page. All right. I love it. And as for next week, we'll come at you at the same bad time, same bad place with another movie that's available for video on demand rental or owning uh, Dungeons and Dragons starring Chris Pine, the second best other Chris. I think that's where we landed on. I that, think yeah. so. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think so. Yeah. You won that battle. Let me know that. That was it. That, that might have been the last uh, uh, CMM debate that I won. Yes, but it also was probably the second last poll that you put up. We've done quite a few <laughs> that's, that's also true. That's also true. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll come in. Same bad time, same bad place. So watch it anywhere you can get video on demand. I think it's uh, Amazon Prime. Everyone's mm-hmm. got Prime. Mm-hmm. It's prime time. Stinky. Stinky. <laughs>